The Women of Color STEM Conference presents Artificial Intelligence, Boosting the Future of Workforce Productivity, a professional development seminar. Featuring Janice Ferris-Samani of the Ferris-Samani Group, Senior Executive for Pierce Monroe and Associates, Christine Burkett, and Automation Engineering Manager for Eli Lilly and Company, Kavitha Duvor. Today's managers state that artificial intelligence will be among the most transformational technology in the workforce. It affects our lives in a multitude of ways, from banks using anti-money laundering algorithms to call center chatbots that augment customer interaction. All of these are led by AI's power to increase operational efficiency and make faster, more informed decisions. The more AI influences customer expectations, the greater the impact it will have on the future of work and business decisions. Without further ado, the Women of Color STEM Conference presents Artificial Intelligence, Boosting the Future of Workforce Productivity, a professional development seminar featuring Janice Ferris-Samani, Christine Burkett, and Kavitha Duvor. Good morning again. So right now I'm the moderator. When I go back to the seat, I will be a panelist. <laughs> so, right, you gotta be flexible. So one of the things I wanna say is that when you guys get up to ask questions, make sure that you speak directly into the mic because all sessions are being recorded. Um, I'm grateful right now there's not a photographer right here right now because last year all the shots, I was chunky. And I've recommended they get female photographers because they know our angles, right? I told Eric, I'm not taking it personal. I like the guy, but every picture was chunky. And you know how we are. We know we need a chunk down, but everybody don't need to know it, right? Plus, I had on my best sandex, and it still didn't help me out. Okay, so here we go. So the badge, we're supposed to get our badges scanned. Obviously, outside of our door, we don't have that. So we're not going to really focus on that. All right, we're going to skip that part. So what I would like to do is to introduce each one of our panelists and speakers here today. And so I'm going to have them get up and introduce themselves. They can tell you a little bit about themselves. And then I'm going to sit out in my seat and I'll come back up and introduce myself, right? So right now I'm just Chris, the moderator, okay? So we're going to go with our presenters. We're going to go, okay, just kidding. <laughs> okay, we're not going to go with the presenter right now. I'm just gonna tell you, I walked in, I think that she's amazing. We all work in different areas of AI, which is really amazing how they put the panel together. So I'm not gonna toot her horn, I'm gonna let her blow her own horn. So you come up and talk to the lady. And we don't need an applause, but it would be nice. They did have theme music next door. We got ice this up later. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Woo-hoo! Yeah, I like the woo-hoo! <laughs> Hi everyone, my name is Kavitha DeVore. I um, am originally from New York City, Queens. Um, I now live in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I work for <laughs> I work for Eli Lilly and Company, which is a pharmaceutical. So I graduated with an electrical engineering degree from Rose Holman um, in 2011, and I've worked for various system integrator companies, both in like the robotics and conveyor sortation systems. So I was mostly in like manufacturing warehouse packaging areas. And then um, when I worked for Lilly, I've worked with uh, as an automation engineer, programming our systems, filling machines, formulation, packaging. 
um, and then moved into a global insulin program role. So I traveled to a lot of our global manufacturing sites supporting engineering. I'm very passionate about AI, AR, virtual, all of those things, robotics applications. We're trying to do a lot of that in the manufacturing space. Um, and I really love mentoring others. I love to travel the world. I just reached my goal of traveling to 30 countries before 30, and I accomplished that this year. So I'm Woo! super excited. I love it. That should be your hashtag. I know, 30 before right? 30. <laughs> Thank you. Woo! Okay, well now I'm Christine, the panelist. Hi, my name is Christine Burkett. I'm also downloading a, something on their laptop at the same time. So I'm local. Um, I started out my career as a chemist and lived in Delaware for 20 years, worked for DuPont. My dad guilted me. I moved back here, became a science teacher. Trust and believe that give back was a lot, but it launched me going in a whole different direction. And so now, third career, I'm a techie. And I've worked as a chief information officer in corporate as well as in education. Um, I'm a senior IT consultant, also run my own consulting firm where people call me from the Super Bowl to the International Auto Show, and I'm the lady behind the scenes that nobody ever sees. So I love that about what it is that I do um, because I bring what she does in her real world to life for people when you come to major events. Um, even down to what's going on in Bahamas. I got a phone call. They're like, we need you, but I got to do this first. But then I got to go down there and help them re-network that entire country. Wonderful. And so I love what I do. Um, I would say my best job and the best thing I've ever done is my kid. And my kid is Julian. So that's like my rock star achievement is him. And I would say after several degrees, none of that even matter because if I didn't use what I have and who I am on who he is, it would be a waste. And so I'm proud to say that my kid is a pretty solid kid and he's going to school to be an orthopedic surgeon after he goes to school to be a biomechanical engineer. Why? Because his mom is a science and a tech, right? <laughs> so that's the rock star. <laughs> so, I just want to say that it's the same photographer that did not take really good pictures of me. So I need everybody to look at him because you need to strike a pose, okay? Because last year, they were all chunky. Don't start. Don't even come up here. It's over. It's all, okay, wait, wait. Call out. Wait, Is my uh, East Coast Midwest buddy. <laughs> um, we met. I was invited to or accepted to speak, and she says, <laughs> and um, just because the way that we actually coordinated, I thought was beautiful, wonderful, wonderful dynamic personality. Love it. It's like we're old friends already. Aww. Okay, but this is what she left out. She was on her way to Dubai. Was it Dubai? Budapest, Budapest, and she's like, listen, I'm going away to Budapest, and I'll send you the slides, and so that, you know, you might be able to talk to me, but listen, when I get back, we're going to talk about it. That was like five days later. <laughs> okay, so this, this is how it happened. It was just like so quick. I'm on my way to get on a plane, 
So they're just saying, that was really amazing. Don't try to pump it up and give me good pictures this year. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, well, I would just like to say thank you. I'm glad you're here this morning. I'm glad that we could share this special time together. And let's just make it happen. So we're here to actually talk about artificial intelligence. Has anyone ever used the word agile as one of your adjectives? Yes, we were talking about adjectives earlier. So agile is a really key word. And no matter where you are, what you're doing, agile, I feel, should be a part of it. My new adjective is innovationalist. And as I was flying here from California, I'm originally from California. I was born in Detroit. Through and through Detroit Tiger. And actually, I wrote my master's thesis on Detroit. I flew out here and met with uh, the director of the region, region transportation. I can't remember, it was so long ago. And uh, it was quite incredible when I got back to UC Berkeley and I told them that I was actually going to have a lot of faxes coming through, if that gives you some idea how long ago that was. Um, they said, what did you do? I said, I just went to the Metropolitan Office of Transportation and Engineering and met with the director because he heard that a student from UC Berkeley was from Detroit and wanted to do her dissertation on Detroit. So I love Detroit. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for that opportunity to share my love about Detroit. Round of applause. That shows that you're here and you're, uh, you're with us. So we're here to talk about artificial intelligence and actually boosting the future of the workforce productivity. And the interesting concept about that is, are we really going to be able to adapt to artificial intelligence? And what does that look like in the future? So thinking about artificial intelligence, we want to consider the impact on education. We would like to consider what the actual human productivity would be. How is that gonna impact us as workers and contributors of the society, as well as the efficiencies that that brings within our organizations and within our lives, and the risk and the benefits of that. So I have a question for you. How many of you are in government? Okay. How many of you are in private sector, corporations? Okay, any military, any educators, any students? Okay, did I miss anyone? Any sectors? Okay, very good. So how many of you also, I have another question, are in an executive position? Okay, how many men managers, entry level, aspiring CEOs? Everyone's hand should be up. Really? <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. So with no further ado, I really wanted to take that very informal poll just to get an idea so we, because we're framing. My job is to frame the conversation so we as a panel could speak to your particular needs and interests. Is that okay? Okay, awesome. So this is just a little bit about me. Uh, fun fact is I love to travel. Kindred spirit here. Um, I'm a global citizen. I was in 10 countries last year. Um, I speak about seven different languages. My latest one is Pepimento, which is actually from Curosol. 
And uh, so it's quite exciting for me to, to travel and experience life, if you will. I find it to be very important. I've been very blessed and fortunate to be invited to speak around the world. So it's quite exciting to stay and have a little vacation or vacation while I'm there. I'm the CEO of a data analytics company, uh, as well as a think tank for our Somani group and next to Jen. I am also a college professor. I'm working on my second doctorate in data analytics information technology, and I've been in tech for 20 plus years. Um, and I just enjoy just being a part. I have a couple of kids too. <laughs> All of them are in tech, thank goodness. I've got two more in college, and they're both studying STEM, which is awesome. So I'm really happy. So when we think about AI, exactly how would we define artificial intelligence? We have a definition here, but I'd like for you to, in order to adapt and to adopt to this productivity that you need as a, a contributor in society, we have to know what the definition is for us. So can you think about what you see the definition here? How could you interpret that into your own life or into your own work? Okay, very good. More effective, more efficient. It's the combination of human and machine. It's the idea of to function intelligently and to function independently. That's the aim of AI. So to think about productivity every day, what do you use on a regular every day that actually has AI embedded in it? Cell phone and, and Google. Well, I don't know if everybody Googles every day, but you have to. Okay. Oh, very good. Very good. And very good. And everyone has a cell phone. So, yes, that is the technology that is embedded every day. And um, AI is not a new technology. It was actually the history of AI began in, in the 1940s. It came about into research in the 1950s, 1956, to be precise. And then they had to put a handle on it because it was taking off. It was actually innovation in the wild, which it continues to be so. So with that said, and that came out of Dartmouth College. So now we're looking at AI being embedded in all of our technologies and in everything we do. AI is around us. So here we have an example of how we are actually educating young people in AI as well as other STEM and STEAM careers. This is uh, Fifth Wave. It is a community-based project that I started a few years ago, and we were just adopted by Corning, which is quite exciting. And here I focus on marginalized youth to actually uh, engage them, harness their interests, get their curiosity going, and they can actually touch and feel and experience AI as well as other STEM fields if they would not have had that opportunity to do so within our academy. And actually, I used to call it a camp. And the kids said, this is not a camp, Dr. Samani. This is actually an academy. And I said, oh, I'll go with that. So I've actually changed the name. So it's quite exciting. So they imagine this is what AI does. It gives you that opportunity to imagine yourself in various places and to create and to innovate. So here we have thinking about how AI actually impacts us as human beings. 
I showed you the example of the youth because they have embraced AI. They have embraced technology as a part of their everyday lives. So as we think about AI and how we can actually interact with it and accelerate our productivity, we think about the standards, the regulations, the ethical issues, and some of those major concerns that actually impact us as contributors in society. So thinking about that, you, you may have heard the statistic by the year uh, 2022, 60% of the organizations, meaning corporations, actually will be engaged in AI, more than half of the companies just in a few years from now. So with that said, that tells us that what the kids are doing as far as embracing artificial intelligence and other technologies, we have to do the same thing for the seasoned, if you will, seasoned workers and seasoned contributors. So we have to think about what is our next step. So here's a focus on AI and shifting toward knowledge workers. 79% of these actual workers or contributors in AI are engaging in some kind of transformational impact of artificial intelligence. And with that said, it gives them the opportunity to work in areas of blockchain, data transformation, DNI, economics, human capital, also looking at HR, innovation, and leadership. Because as you middle managers, senior managers that aspiring CEOs, as well as entry level, we have to composite, we have to think about how we can actually develop ourselves as leaders in, or in the organizations and make them effective and efficient. Looking at 80% of these actually agree to relate to technologies as a transformational impact. So that's really important to be bought in, to be sold out for technology. We, we're enthusiasts, all of us. We're here nine o'clock in the morning to talk about artificial intelligence. Well, it needs to be something that is um, a gavinous type of opportunity, something that is is accepting by by all. It was funny because uh, a few weeks ago, as Christina was sharing with you, I've been traveling and I was on a plane going to Austria about three weeks ago. And uh, a woman sat next to, well, we were sitting next to each other and she was probably in her mid seventies. And she, we ended up talking because it's like a 12 hour flight. So she said, uh, well, where are you going? And I said, going to Budapest. Um, I've been there several times. I love it. And I'm going to Austria, to Vienna. And she said, well, what are you going to do there? And I said, I'm speaking about AI. And she says, what's AI? And I said, artificial intelligence. Oh, I hate technology. <laughs> and I said, oh, <laughs> this is going to be a long flight. <laughs> I mean, I talk tech, right? So it was really interesting because I said, well, why do you hate technology? And she said, well, everything is centered around technology. I have to use my phone now in my hand. It's no longer a dial-up phone. I have to figure out how to use the phone. And if I want to talk to my grandchildren, I have to, they keep talking about seeing me. And I don't want to see them. I just want to talk to them. You know, and she just went on and on and on. So I thought that that was quite interesting to say how some of us are adopting. Now, I have my mother, who's 81, bless her heart, just turned 81, and she is all about tech. She FaceTimes, 
I tried to get on the internet at her house and she said, are you having difficulty? Give me your computer. <laughs> you know? So there are people who actually adopt. So with that, the fervor of getting people engaged in technology is critical. Thank you for letting me share that story. So 84% of us are actually looking at leadership that can actually support that and streamline these processes to engage technology in our everyday business. So as we drive the benefits across organizations, it has a great impact of influencing sales, of boostering ops. I'm all about operations. I was an operations director for several years, a global operations director. So efficiency and effectiveness are key. And artificial intelligence is one of those vehicles, especially when we get to 5G. Yes, it's going to be very, very exciting. And what's so fascinating, too, is that many countries are going to leapfrog from 3G to 5G. They're going to bypass 4G altogether because many of them are still working in 3G. Thank goodness. A couple of years ago, they were in analog, and I was going, oh, oh, my goodness. But now they're in 3G. I'm speaking about the diaspora. I do quite a bit of work in, in Africa. And so they're in India, some parts of that. But they've been moving into this pushing the, the 3G and going directly into 5G. In, in Europe, it's the same thing. It's all the buzz. So looking at engaging with the customers, it's definitely a way to connect. Lots of engagement, lots of surveys and the like. And then also creating insights. My particular company um, provides an opportunity to gather data and to classify it as well as synthesize it. So part of that is bringing out insight for business intelligence. So that is the crust, is actually, can you make definitive decisions that are intelligent? And artificial intelligence allows us to do that, All right? Yeah? So where are you in this AI space? Where do you see yourself? Are you a true adopter? Are you ready to move to the next level? What does it take for you as an individual to be productive and to move forward? Do you need to take additional classes? There's courses on Coursera. Love Coursera. You know that was started by a female, right? Professor from Stanford. And there's also uh, lots of online master's classes, if you like. So it's an opportunity to move you forward into being this productive contributor. So this is one example. Well, there's a few examples here in our slides uh, that speak to the integration of AI in various sectors. I chose um, agriculture because of the United Nations emphasis on zero hunger. And I really believe that AI will forge that opportunity forward for zero hunger. This is a project that um, our company is working on. I'm not, it's no shameless plug here, but I'm just giving you some stories. Um, opportunity with the Brave Foundation that we are working with refugees from Cote d'Ivoire and from Libya that, uh, Liberia, excuse me, that are actually planting uh, rice as well as okra and some other stables in the community. This project was actually started based upon the need for a school. So the human-centered design aspect or the human-centered focus is very, very important and I think integral to being successful as a uh, contributor in the society. 
So understanding what the needs are within the community in order to fulfill that. So this is, um, it evolved into this food security project and uh, we're utilizing a lot of the data in order to accelerate their planting, their harvesting, as well as doing some analysis on their soil. So they can actually yield greater yields and actually move it from a nonprofit into a for-profit for the region. So here is AI and technology being utilized in that same format that I was just speaking of. You've got drones, we're looking at how we can actually replant smarter and faster, um, doing the analysis for the soil, as I mentioned, as well as monitoring the growth. And here's a beautiful example of robotics being utilized for a lot of the uh, agriculture. So the increased efficiency in, in the utilization of artificial intelligence is something that allows us to move forward and to be productive contributors. So I know my panelists will speak about that. So I'm just gonna give you the, the framework of increasing the, the actual effectiveness through our operations as well as applications of blockchain and uh, smart weather forecasting as well as next generation. What I have found next generation technologies that will assist us with being more productive. So how does AI become more efficient and how can we have more efficiency? So according to this particular um, article, we have the opportunity to increase by 40% increase by using artificial intelligence. The use of, uh, excuse me, automation, decision-making, cybersecurity, and the like will actually boost on the average of 38% our efficiency and productivity. So how does AI efficiencies work? We have just what we talked about in forecasting, giving the opportunity for maintenance and predictability, as well as optimizing our manufacturing and automating our work. There's several examples of that in our actual workplaces, working in the areas of DNI and selection process, as well as recruiting, going through the whole filtering. Everyone's heard about the filtering process of when you put in your applications or your resumes and how keywords are chosen, as well as looking at how managers can actually select the best candidates. So what is the future? We have this incredible opportunity to look at artificial intelligence as in its totality as the internet of things and how it's connected to everything and it is everywhere. And therefore, we all need to be a part of this A&I movement and understand how we can effectively contribute to that, oppor uh, that opportunity. So at this point, I'd like to open it up to our panel and we can all talk about A&I and how it could boost our future for human productivity. So I think one of the things that I'll probably talk about is just ways um, in the industry that I work in, in terms of how AI has been incorporated and how we hope to incorporate it more in the future. Um, just as a show of hands, are, are there anyone, is there anyone here that's maybe in an engineering field, engineering background? Raise your hand. Okay. So just want to see if anything I say will be relative. <laughs> um, so 
Um, I work for Eli Lilly, so we're a pharmaceutical company. I work specifically in manufacturing, so my day-to-day um, right now is, is managing other engineers, but I used to be on a frontline engineering role where I'd have to maintain and make constant updates to equipment and programming systems. Um, with AI, um, and I'll admit, you know, most companies are quite behind on the AI technology when it comes to manufacturing. Um, we simply can't keep up with the demand to um, meet our products that we need to give to our customers. And so AI is a way for us to do that. We've done a lot of proof of concepts when it comes to machine learning capabilities. So that's um, oftentimes the, the easier win, right? So we start simple, um, a simple a simple end in terms of getting machine technology to be able to do the advanced data analytics. And that's the simple part, right? Which is also hard in itself. Um, so machine learning is how we've been able to do that. So when they, when we do have problems with our equipment, our AI technology is able to predictably come up with those analytics so we can actually maintain our equipment before it actually reaches a failure point. Um, that saves us, that often saves us thousands of dollars, sometimes millions of dollars if it's a loss of a batch. Um, so it's like a loss of insulin that we won't be able to deliver to our customer. And then the complex end to that is really when it comes to um, process monitoring. So that's essentially a similar concept, but you're taking more complex algorithms to not only look at one piece of equipment, but the entire assembly line. So as I'm monitoring a very complex high-speed machine, I want to know what my point of failure on equipment will mean the end result of my assembly line. And that takes a little bit more complex algorithms. That's where you get to the complex end of AI, where your AI technology is not just finding and analyzing data, but it's then making decisions uh, based on that data, data analysis. And that's where it gets to a whole nother ballgame, because at that point, you really get to use your humans, your operators, your technicians, your engineers to do more complex tasks versus the remedial. Um, so that are just, those are some of the examples. We also use them in supply chains. So when it comes to um, um, predicting, um, being able to supply better demand of our products, so we look at actual events, actual sales, um, data in terms of customer feedback. We have AIs that look at our um, feedback from customers. So instead of a human, uh, going through those verbal comments and more like a qualitative versus quantitative, we have AI technologies that are using that so we can actually get better analysis out of that. And one thing that actually came out of that, which is a really cool story I learned about, we learned um, based on our AI technology and customer feedback that there was, you know, a pharmacy in Florida that just so happened to be selling our product incorrectly. And we were able to come to that conclusion a lot quicker and if a human was analyzing thousands and thousands of consumer and you know customer feedback. So that was just like a, a very direct example of how we were able to really act on that a lot quicker with AI technology. You're listening to Artificial Intelligence, boosting the future of workforce productivity, a professional development seminar. Featuring Janice Ferris Samani, Christine Burkett, and Kavitha Duvor. Brought to you by the Women of Color STEM Conference. Uniting women in STEM by continuing the press for progress. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
So I'm normally the person behind the scenes that creates the algorithms that support AI. So again, I'm the person that no one ever sees. Uh, you're normally take we data. <laughs> I like it, though. I totally love it. I usually look at all the data and I find the errors. And then I'm also the programmer and work with programming teams to find how can we then give you what it is that you need to make it work efficiently. So after all of those Six Sigma certifications, which, by the way, are amazing. I'm not down to Six Sigma if anybody's heard of that. Um, what I'm going to say is process analysis is what I normally do behind the scenes, and then we support what it is that they want. Um, and then we design it from behind the scenes. And if anything comes up, like she was saying, when you look at the data that we push out, and we do use a lot of AI when it comes to making those calls and creating those surveys, with clients, and I, love, I know a lot of times you guys get those calls and you hang up, don't do that, um, because it's important. Um, I've worked in pharmaceutical, I've worked in automotive, um, and one of the things when I work for GM, anybody works for automotive industry here? Okay, I'm, I'm, I was gonna say, I'm about to get upset, really? We're in a Mecca, we're in a Mecca. Um, one of the things I'll say to you, we found out, um, I worked in the area where we were designing the apps when apps were just getting into vehicles, right? Um, and it was really so important to us that when our clients purchased a car that we created a hotline for us to call them. Because once you start putting computers in vehicles, folks, it's a whole different dynamic, right? Um, and what we found out was that some of those apps were not functioning appropriately. But the way we found it out is that we constantly tied into the system themselves and got automatic readbacks to our system to say, okay, we've got to do a recall. A lot of times you guys didn't even know that the recall was coming. But it was my team who created the algorithms in those apps that would tell us how many vehicles weren't um, operating appropriately. And then you guys would get come in so we can do some work on your vehicle. That would be me, the people behind the scenes. So after I found out I had such a great knack at problem solving in, in, in the math world, which when I was a kid I thought was weird because I saw everything in numbers. And I didn't speak English for about maybe good 10 years. And my parents didn't understand why they thought I was mute. But it wasn't that. It was just that I was a problem solver and I kind of put things together. So now companies call me when they have problems, not that they couldn't figure it out. They just want an outside person to join their team and just say, how does this work? That's normally where I get the calls. And I get them from every industry. Because one thing that's common when it comes to algorithms, they're numbers. And you just need a numbers person to figure it out. So all those hours I spent in my closet with a flashlight trying to solve the problems of the world with mathematics paid off, right? But one of the things I got out of that is that the commonality across whatever it is that you want to do, folks, is to look at the most simplistic way to approach it. And I will say this, when it comes to cooking, some of you are probably a master at it, right? Because it's a recipe, right? To making a cake or making macaroni and cheese or greens. I'm throwing that out so if anybody can do that in your local call me. I'm not really good with that. Um, but what I will say to you, there's a recipe to creating these algorithms. And I would really love to see more women uh, in that arena. A lot of times I'm the only female in the room. And I'm gonna be honest with you, when I walk in, they always say, oh, I'll take this coffee. Like seriously, they look at me like, are you a lady getting us coffee? And I go, hey, I can, let's do it, right? And I seriously go, I write the orders and I'll do all of that. But what I'm gonna say to you is this, is that when it turns around and I'm not the lady who's getting the coffee, and I'm the lady that everybody came to see, they're always marveled by it. I love it though, because I go get the coffee and bring it back. So what I'm gonna to say to you, I know sometimes you may see it as um, a huge obstacle. Mathematics is not everybody's friend, but what I'm gonna to say to you, get online and we were talking before, 
a lot of these things are certification. You may not have to know everything that I know. I'm just a go-to person when people have problems. She may be in another country and say, Chris, we got a problem. We can't figure this out. If she sends me the database, I can sort through it real quick, analyze the data and say, this is where the code went wrong. Go back and have them rewrite that code so that it's an if-then statement. It doubles back if a person does this and it'll hit that next line. That's what I do, right? But I can do that from anywhere and so can you. So what I'm going to say to you is, is that it's a great opportunity for women. Um, I love it. I love being the lady behind the scenes. I love that when people have problems, they call me. Um, I'm not going to say that it works every time. I'm, I, they, they call me Miss Fix-It, but I'm really not the fix-it all the time. Sometimes I have to subcontract out and get other people to consult with me. Just to let you know, it's a team of me and 30 other people, and we're called the Think Tank. And when I say to you, we take on problems from government to healthcare, whatever it is, we try to figure it out. We get a call from anybody because a lot of times when you're a larger corporation, you don't want to hire a large consulting firm to look at your situation. You want someone who can go in and always, I like to show blacklist. Anybody watch the show blacklist? Like for real, that could be my world. If I was that kind of person, I would be him. I love it. Right. You can make calls and make stuff happen. That's how I am in the IT world. I can call across everywhere, other countries. I have hackers who, if you want to find out if your product is hack proof, I got guys who will hack for me, right? But these guys are covered, they're cleared through the government. They're just not anybody, right? I have guys who work in secret service that if we need to test something that's related to a government thing, we get the clearance and they test our product. You get what I'm saying? So I like what I do. I would like to see more of us in that space. AI is wonderful. I think I went to an office last week and the guy said, I'm tired of everybody signing in and he goes back in his office and I'm just standing there. He comes back out. Is anybody thinking on that? What are we going to do? I'm tired of buying these notebooks. You know, have to sign in at the office. So guess what I did? I went right back to the office. I grabbed an iPad. I created his sign in app. I had a carrier take it over to his office. I gave the, the admin lady at the counter a note. I said, open this up and hit the on button. And I said, then give it to him. And then she called me on the phone and he said, when can you start? So I got I got a new client based on me. And guess what? I was signing my name in the book. I was there on official business. I wasn't even there for that. But then from that, he says, we need a document management system because of this and that. And that's how my that's how my clients grow. I'll be honest with you. I've never had to go and get a job. I'm just in the right place at the right time. And one of the things I will say to you, ladies, don't ever get discouraged. We were just talking before you came in. I'm still paying off all my student loans, four degrees later, but that doesn't mean anything, okay? <laughs> they call me like a bill collector. I always tell them, wait a minute, the baby tuition, don't play. All right, something's happening. But they don't care. What I'm saying to you is go get the certification. She's already listed. There's a couple different places you can go online. Get your certifications. Take your time in between feeding babies, cooking dinner, doing laundry, all of that stuff. My kid was five years old and he used to pull his little backpack with him to go to school with me to get my first master's. My second master's, my son said, I'm not doing this, lady, you got to go on your own. But you know what I mean? That, you know, doctoral program, he just basically, are you okay? Can I make you a sandwich? You know, he just forget me. He's done with me now. But what I'm saying is don't let that discourage you. You know, you, we are here, you are here. So it's proof that you can do it. And the other thing is, I will tell you, get partners. Because as you're going through that stuff, it's so easy for me to pick up the phone. And I don't care what country she's in. I'm going to put in 911. 
I got an issue, then you better be answering the phone. I'm going to put in, stop the line, forget what's happening. But what I'm saying is it's good to have those partnerships. Before you leave from here, get at least five people's phone numbers. And don't play around and say you're going to call them. Call them. Build that connection because you never know when you want to change your career. You know, she may say, well, Christine, you got two months free. I, I got something I need you to do just for two months. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back and say, look, I'm going to need two months on it because I got to go hang out with my buddy. We got stuff to do. We got to change the world. You know what I'm saying? Well, who would not want to be an AI person and wear the super cape? Don't you always think about that? That's, that's what you all, artificial intelligence is the super cape. And the other thing is when you look at the automotive industry here, they're now training people to run the robots that used to be people doing those jobs. And everybody says to me, we're losing the jobs. Let me explain to you what's happening. As technology advances, we've got to get smarter. You all hear what I'm saying? As technology advances, we've got to get smarter. Don't let technology art smart you in keeping your job. Even our jobs. When I tell you I read all day, I drive into my garage and it's a library, literally. A friend of mine is a fireman and says, it's, it's gonna burn up your whole house. It's gonna burn up your whole house. Why can't you, you're a techie, just go to a tablet. I'm old school, I still need a book. I got a highlight, you know what I mean? I got a highlight, flip that page. You know how you flip that corner? Cause y'all don't know, some of the young people are like, you flipping a page and highlighting? What's a book? I am on my phone reading this. And they're like, you know, but I still need that. And, the, and it's so important. So I'm gonna say to you, in the world of AI, is so many areas you can go in. You don't have to look at our areas. Do your research. Look at where you are now, where you want to go, right? And I'm going to tell you, I do whatever I do to have fun because that's all I want to do. I want to have fun whatever I do. This is the time where we're going to open up for questions. <laughs> and I'm going to need you to step over to the mic at this time. Don't you like how they do on the airplane? She's real soft about it. But let the plane go down. Everybody get on the floor. She's going to get the whole time. Get down. Go on. You know, I'm only kidding. Yes, I need to proceed to the mic, please. Thank you so much. Everyone has approximately one to two minutes to ask these questions and to give us time to respond on the panel. And I'm not going to run back and forth, though. I'm just going to switch the voice. Okay, go right ahead. Uh, I love it. <laughs> so a uh, quick question for you. Uh, I uh, went through a lot of different career changes, very similar to you. I started my career as a geologist. Then I went to be a yoga instructor, which I also love. And now I'm also a software developer over at Quicken Loans. So I just want to know, how can I transition to be a boss like you? <laughs> okay, one, I'm going to call you. Because okay. I got my Okay. So I'll say we all took different paths, Yeah. right? You do understand her first job was mother. You do understand I'm that, right? Too. Yeah. Like before <laughs> she got all the degrees and jumping on planes, yeah. you do realize that. So we will start with, with her telling you like her transition because she started out, but she'll tell you how she made the transition. Mm -hmm. You know, I just realized I did not say my name. Mm -hmm. oh. You did not the only person to know your whole I'm name. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Mm -hmm. I am Janice Farrar Samani. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I um, I originally started, my path was not a straight line. It was not linear by any shape or form. I actually uh, took classes when I was in high school, and it's really interesting. I took programming, what was known as programming classes then with COBOL and Fortran. But then what was spoken into my spirit, my grandparents said, you're going to be a lawyer. My dad said, you're going to be a lawyer. He was a robotics engineer, by the way. 
And um, it was very, very interesting. So I'm thinking, I'm on this path of going to law school. So I studied political, political economics. And um, so with that, I thought, oh, there's more to this. So what is economics and how can we actually look at the next thing? And so my curiosity was still there and being fed, right? So I ended up getting, uh, getting married. Um, last semester of high of college, and then starting my family. But I went right into uh, a master's program as opposed to law school. And so continued from there and got one degree and then got another degree and then got my doctorate and then another degree. But the idea was is that I continued to learn and my curiosity continued to be fed. And the what ifs and what comes next. And as soon as someone said, oh, biotech is on the forefront, I said, who's teaching biotech? And I ended up getting a certification from University of, of Santa Cruz when they started the Genome Project. So that 21andMe, I was in the forefront talking and talk, debating about um, all the biases and everything. So whatever your curiosity is, follow it. Build your ecosystem, as you were saying. Mm -hmm. That was brilliant. Build, find like-minded people that you can actually talk and ideate. I've got one girlfriend that we just sit on the phone and we talk, and she lives in D.C., and we'll talk for two hours just about things, you know, and that can be your, uh, your small yes. ecosystem and your think tank to actually begin to uh, cultivate your particular interest. So that's what I would suggest. That was part of my journey, too. And I just, you just threw out software developer. Okay. I'm going to need to give you one. I'm sticky. You should call me. Okay. But I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think when you go through these different things in life, Mine was all by happen chance. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be a chemist at, at DuPont Pharmaceutical in my little glass mm -hmm. quality lab. Mm -hmm. I was doing good. I was happy. I didn't even think I was going to ever leave, right? <laughs> my boss said to me, we've got this program. We want you to go to the inner city and work with these bad kids. I was like, I don't even like kids. <laughs> okay, what's happening? And he says, well, we've got this partnership where you've got to go teach science. I said, why me? I was the last one hired. I kind of thought they picked on me. But guess what? I thought what he was doing to me was torture. I literally cried on the drive there, sat in the parking lot, and the principal's like, are you coming in? I was like, yes. And I was so scared because I, didn't, I don't like kids. But guess what happened? It was the best thing ever happened to me. I totally love working in education. And that twisted me to really look at how can I take what I learned in corporate and teach you to make him fun so I can get another kid like me to want to be a scientist. You know what I mean? And that's what it did. Years later, I'm sitting at a Pistons game, me and my son. By the way, Aretha Franklin had a big pink fur coat on. She was on the ground floor. I didn't even like it. We won't get into that because it's Aretha. But I'm sitting there, and I couldn't focus on the game because Aretha's on the floor just jumping around with this pink fur coat on real big. And this guy comes down, and he goes, are you Miss Burkett? I was like, are you a bill collector? <laughs> He was like, turn around. I turned around and it was two boys. Hey, Miss Burkett. I was like, why are those grown men talking to me? He said, that's my sons, Eric and Aaron. They're engineers because of you. You were their teacher at Redford High School. That's what did it. Do you get what I'm saying? What I didn't want to do later turned out to be my motivation. So now what I do is I not only look at what I do right now, but I do a lot of stuff still in the schools. I support a, my girls group, right? We call it the Diva Chicks. 
And it's all about science and STEM. You know it is, right? And I love hanging out. But what I'm saying, all of that motivated me. So everything you just talked about, the yoga, software development, geology. By the way, I'm open to the whole rock thing. We get we got to talk. See, I'm 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 really a geeker. <laughs> this happened, by the way. This happened because of my mother. She was a yeah. bad <laughs> I swear. I feel like she right now, she just comes down and goes like, you're going to wear this. Like this is when you see me at home, I dig in my dirt. I yes. kid you not. <laughs> I get home from work and my neighbor does this. Are you going to Christine? Yes. Why are you on the glass window? Could you go change your clothes? I'll be in the front yard picking up. I don't even care. Right. But it's about the passionate she feels. So I just say be passionate. Okay, go ahead. All right, good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Morgan Franklin. I'm a software engineer and data analytics at JP Morgan Chase. Uh, but my question is actually for you, Dr. Janice. My brother currently is a master's student in North Carolina State studying climate change and how it affects um, agriculture, specifically for the Gullah Geechee community in South Carolina. So when you brought up AI and agriculture earlier, um, they really just peaked my ears. I texted him. I was like, oh my God, like, I have some information for you. So I just wanted to know, have you seen any studies or anything about how AI affects uh, cultivation specifically for cultures similar to the Gullah Geisha people? I have not, but that's definitely something I am interested in now. Um, you piqued my interest. I've been working in the diaspora with AI, and we've been utilizing uh, satellite uh, readings as well as on-the-ground readings. So I'm trying to get them away from on-the-ground into more automated so that's what we're primarily working on. And again, looking at harvesting faster, being smarter, water, you know, irrigation and that sort of thing. Awesome. Yes. And then my second question also is, can I get your personal contact information to provide to my brother? Oh, absolutely. Uh, because he my was pleasure. really interested. I just want to yeah, say your brother pleasure. owes you lunch. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> Tell him you got it on record. He owes you big time because she's lot, one of the really. leaders in this industry. <laughs> Honey, he owes you big time. Awesome. Thank Outstanding. You. Good morning. Thank Good morning. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, my name is Chantelle Logan. I am the Sourcing Competency Manager at Ericsson Inc. for North America. And my thing is I am all about continuous learning. I'm all about um, you never stop learning, you never stop being a student. And so that's what I bring to my organization. And I guess my question to you is how do you promote that environment with yours? Now, of course, with anything with uh, technology and AI, you always have to stay ahead of the game. You always have to stay, I, I, um, the fire hazard in your garage. Yeah, you always, I know, have right? to, you always have to have that going, but how do you, I have that passion innately, and I'm trying to figure out how do I pass that on to my employees? What, what do I do? What do you do for yours? Yeah. Um, so I have the same challenges as my organization too. Um, I think the biggest thing too, especially if you're, someone who like works directly with a big company or a business, there's a balance between learning and then the gains that you're going to get from it. So my advice is to make it purposeful. So I have the same dilemmas where I want, you know, my employees to learn a lot about this technology. How can we incorporate it into our manufacturing lines or our business as a whole company? But essentially like there's, there's only so much time, right? And so there's, we, I, my employees love doing it on their own time, but I want to make sure that they incorporate it into their day to day. So how I kind of am able to get it across to like our learning plans, our development programs is to really equivocate to that what our business results will end up being. Hey, if my employees are able to learn more about this, this will directly help our line in this way. This will help if they go to these conferences, if they go to these seminars, if they 
sign up for these learning and development programs, this specific technology is going to help us in XYZ capacity. So um, prior to that, we were very all over the place. We were just, uh, you know, Googling, picking things off the list. I mean, let's do this. Let's implement this. How about this one? And it was a mess, right? It was not purposeful. Um, so my advice is to try and find a good pathway and show them from like a, a Bradley curve standpoint or a progression standpoint. Hey, if we start this increment in 2020, by 2025, we'll have the knowledge in our company to do all of these things and all of these things will deliver this many dollars, this much productivity, this much whatever the scenario is. Thank you. Hi, my name is Papi Aziz. Um, I work in the cybersecurity uh, sector in the energy industry. Uh, my question to you is how, with the, as a data-driven society, um, we've seen a lot, of, uh, a lot of data breaches happen in the last year. How do you see uh, cybersecurity playing a role in AI in terms of design and implementation? And what should we look for in the cybersecurity cybersecurity side of things um, in terms of those design and implementation. I just want to preface by saying we could have a session on that. I was going to say, <laughs> just by itself. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things that I get all the time is as we develop these, what, what security measures are in place. So again, like I tell you, there are professional hackers that work for the government who that's what they do. Mm -hmm. As we create, they try to hack and not hack to hurt us, hack to see where our weaknesses are. So that's just like, a, we could be here for two hours just talking about that. But I will say to you is, is that as quickly as something is created, as quickly as someone has figured out how to hack it and get into it. Um, I would say one of the leading people in the industry, and it's gonna sound really weird, is Amazon. <laughs> and that's gonna sound like the weirdest, craziest thing. How is Amazon the leader? Amazon is like ahead of the game before anybody else started trying to figure out how to service mass produce all over the world, not just in one city. They figured it out and then how to keep your information safe, how to greet you. Hi, Christine, you're back. I don't even like it because that makes me happy about spending my money. But they did it. And they figured out how to get us a quality product in quality time. So what I'm going to say to you, if you want to look at how that is done, study Amazon. It's, it's so many documentaries, so many books on it. I study people like that. So when people call me who have, like, I have problems, I can go back and already use that as the blueprint. They're amazing. Yes, ma'am, 15 minutes. I love her. She came in like, this is happening, 15 minutes. Oh, okay. And with that in mind, I'm going to go to the next person, then I have to do housekeeping items. Thank and you. thank you so much. But by the way, you, you might want to pick up two business cards right here before you leave. Okay, not mine though, but you can have mine. I'm only kidding you. You can pick up everybody's cards and then that way we can continue the conversation. Yes. I've got a lot in cybersecurity. So she does. It's two hours. By the way, we're going to write is. that down as a lecture <laughs> for next year. We're two hours. And by the way, I'm bringing in a drone. When that happens, is a drone happen. Okay, sorry. Good morning. Intro. Thank you for your time this morning. My name is Nicole Ward. I'm a chemical engineer at J&J. Um, I actually am very interested in this topic because I'm actually researching for my doctorate degree, specifically in AI, more focused on how does the productivity factor in implementing AI. Um, there's a lot of statistics that you've shown about people that are more willing to adopt it, but I'm more interested in the folks that are not. So the, what is the major drawback that people are um, looking at this AI and the first immediate reaction is, wait a minute, what's gonna happen to me in my job? 
Um, and so, yeah. um, and that's why I appreciate um, your sharing yeah. in terms of, especially on a process line where mm -hmm. they're seeing these potential efficiencies, but they're internalizing it and wanting to understand oh, that's great and all, but what does that mean for me? You know, if I'm on the process line, if I'm doing the, the analytics now, and how do you um, convey that it is to kind of really make you focus more on more innovative items yes. um, rather than doing the mundane, repetitive stuff. And that's what kind of drawback that I'm experiencing now in R&D, where we're having some pilot programs. I work in medical device, um, but it's, it's kind of that, that initial pushback um, on, on the implementation, truly, when you get down to the weeds of implementing this, we're seeing those challenges in our, in our company. Yeah, it's definitely twofold. So there's there's one, there's a huge huge misconception that it's taking jobs away. That is, trust me, we have so many yeah. things to do. Mm -hmm. The last thing we're thinking about is like giving yeah. an operator's job away or yeah. a technician or an engineer. And the other um, is then why is it not being done or why is it not being put into implementation? So, you know, that misconception that I think Christine and Dr. Simone really touched on is you know, when you incorporate an AI or a robot or whatever the scenario is, that operator, yes, or I'm, I'm saying operator because that's what's relative in my <laughs> exactly. field, but that person is not being fired, right? Mm -hmm. That's not happening because what that person instead is doing is doing something more complex that yes. we need a human to do, yes. right? And so that's a misconception that first a lot of leaders, a lot of business people really need to understand before they even start mm -hmm. thinking about solutions. They need to get behind that concept. Um, and then from an actual implementation, it's essentially just comes down to the business, right? So we do a lot of proof of, comp, uh, proof of concepts at, um, at Lilly. They're great ideas and they're awesome and they're really cool and they're really fun, but they don't equivocate to a good payback. Um, so if we look at some of our ideas within, if they're not doing a payback in five years, that's not quick enough for us mm -hmm. because our products are then changing. Mm -hmm. So if we're saying, okay, it's going to be five years before we see any results from this, it's not enough. Mm -hmm. um, and so some of that is, is driving why we are behind um, in multiple industries. Um, and so it's just that's where it requires though, those, that human brain power mm -hmm. to kind of think more innov innovative. Um, so those are really the big challenges. If you can really describe to managers, executives, what this payback is going to be, that has really enabled us to implement some things mm -hmm. that I agree the payback is a major ROI triple bottom line mm -hmm. is, yep. is the best uh, vehicle but also consider uh, assisting individuals with an entrepreneurial mindset mm -hmm. stimulating their curiosity and having them engage in the actual product design mm -hmm. uh, potentially mm -hmm. in the productivity from that perspective because what I see is once they're engaged and they're actually have more say so and more buy in, their creative juices continue to flow. Mm -hmm. So then they begin to think, well, maybe I'd like to do this job instead. And they'll create mm -hmm. jobs. So it brings about AI, in my opinion, brings about a new creativity, a different space. And that's when I had asked, what is your space yeah. in AI? Mm -hmm. So allow that to happen and that entrepreneurial mindset. Thank you. That's an excellent question. Okay, I have to go back to being Chris, the moderator. Okay, so um, let me see. Uh, we have CEL and PDH credits. 
remind attendees to register at Morgan State University table to order and receive continuing education units for your CEU or professional development hours, which is PDH. Surveys, ask attendees to complete the survey seminar. Please click on the link. If you have not downloaded the app, can you please download the app on your Android or Apple phone and complete the surveys for each one of the lectures that you attend. Your feedback is greatly appreciated and allows us to create creative programming for the next year. <laughs> presentations, all presentations as you've seen today and the other ones that you will see will be available online. And if you have the schedule and you've downloaded the app, you've already know that because they're available in PDF. Social media, we would really appreciate if you hashtag us. No, Malikina doesn't say that. Social media, reminder to stay in touch with WOC conference attendees by downloading the WOC app. Any other questions? Yes, precisely. That's, that's my lecture. And the last thing I would like to add, if I may, can we take a photo? Thank you for listening to Artificial Intelligence boosting the future of workforce productivity, a professional development seminar. Featuring Janice Farisimani of the Farisimani Group, Senior Executive for Pierce Monroe & Associates, Christine Burkett, and Automation Engineering Manager for Eli Lilly & Company, Kavitha Duvor. If you've enjoyed this presentation, be sure to attend the Women of Color STEM Conference. For more information on how you your company or organization can take part, visit www.womenofcolor.net. For college students, contact us at 410-244-7101.